G'day, Dules. Hey, Jules, how are you? Mate, I'm pretty well. We're having, you know, we're just talking about it's a Sunday afternoon and how us blokes just love to sit around and have a beer and just sort of spit out the names of random sports stars from yesteryear. I just casually mentioned it. Now, the text line has blown up. Any sort of – do you ever do that? And any names that just pop in your head that make people go far out? I haven't heard that name mentioned in, in a long, long time. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a strength of mine, but I've got a couple of mates who are brilliant at it and it does – it sends the group into raptures when uh, – they come out with just that that odd, that obscure name that's uh, not been mentioned for a while. It's it's funny because normally once a year in and around the summer, I like to celebrate the, the great first-class cricketers that this country's had over the years. Yeah. And, and by first-class cricketers, I mean those that never went on to play test cricket. And so we had a couple of noms today. So, you know, Graham Rummins, who played for New South Wales Victoria and, and Graham Vimpani and, and Johnny Moss. And then a couple of famous Tasmanians come up, Duels. And Dan Marsh... And Danny yep. Buckingham. Danny Buckingham, yep. He, he yep. kept, he kept wicked say, a bit too, yeah. didn't he, Danny? Oh, Scotty Kremerskothen, there's another say, one. I was going to say Graham Dimpani. I, um, that's a name that comes up a little bit. I think he used to live next door to my cousins in Melbourne, so... There's a there's a little fun fact for you. Yeah, yeah. Scotty and that comes up a lot. And, and Andrew Ridgway was another one too. Sorry, not Andrew. Uh, Mark. M- Mark. Mark Ridgway. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. this is good to say. So much fun. We could do this all day. But we do have the matter of the World <laughs> Cup uh, to get to. Gee, they were good last night. It was a pretty docile wicket, wasn't it? You know, so, so you know, 307 Bangladesh hit. But, uh, you know, looking at that, I, I was never particularly concerned that they, they wouldn't chase it down. I think it's pleasing too that they chased it with, with eight in the shed. Yeah, really pleasing signs. I think you're right on the wicket. Um, 300, I mean, 300 in most games at the World Cup at the moment looks under par simply because of the style of cricket that every international team is adopting now in 50-over cricket. It, it looks a little bit more like a 2020 style of attack with the bat, uh, which is great. It's really exciting to watch. But, yeah, watching watching the Bangladeshis finish their innings, I I thought it looked a little under par. I must admit, I sort of thought maybe around that 3.30 might have been par on that wicket. I think the other thing too that, that's pleasing for Australia is that they've, they've won seven on the trot now, Alex, but they've won it in different match conditions, either batting first, batting second. You know, the early wins were premised on Warner runs and head runs and Marsh runs and the latter ones, you know, contributions to Maxwell and those further down the order. And again, you know, last night we saw it set up by the top order. Great to see Steve Smith amongst the runs as well, overcoming that bout of vertigo. But at different times this tournament, you know, there were times we were saying, oh, the middle order needs to just pull their socks up a little bit. But at different times across the last sort of seven, eight games, we've seen pretty much everyone fire at some point. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think going into this World Cup, especially in India, where we think there's going to be some spin-friendly conditions, Australia's middle order is always going to be questioned. Um, And I think they've answered it really, really well. You've seen, obviously, the heroics of Maxwell in the the couple of hundreds that he's scored, but Inglis has managed to score some runs. Marnus has scored some runs. Um, Steve Smith last night got back in the runs. And it's also, too, at the pace of which they're scoring them. Now, Marnus isn't well-known for his strike rate, but he's had a couple of innings there where he's struck it well over a, a runner ball. So they're the pleasing things for me because I think our bowlers are always going to be really solid in any conditions. We've got the big the big quicks, Adam Zampa, who's back firing for us. Um, so our bowling's always been really, really so- solid. However, the question mark was always going to be how's our middle order going to play 
uh, when the spin-friendly conditions come in. Um, and I think they're answering their critics pretty well. Yeah, I think so. You know, Davey has been so consistently good. Trav Head, on, when he came back, of, of course, uh, hit that 100 and uh, missed out in the last couple of games. But, you know, he is due. And then, you know, one thing I've noticed about the Bison, he's second 100 and he goes big too. And, gee, God, he can hit a ball, can't he? But the celebration of his teammates, they pounded the dressing room. I don't think I've seen a reaction from the players where they just look so genuinely happy for the bloke. Yeah, you're exactly right. He's always been one of the team favourites. Um, great character, great person to have around. Um, I saw a, a little clip from Brad Haddon saying that Mitch Marsh is always going to be picked as the number 12 in any team uh, that's touring just mm. because he is that great person to have around the, the dressing room, and that's exactly right. I also noticed, too, the, the pure elation um, when Maxwell hit his 200 as well. Oh. And, you mentioned that with, with with Mitch Marsh, but you could see that they were genuinely stoked to see Maxie out there doing what he was doing, um, albeit on one leg and cramping and whatnot. Well, that was the thing. They, they could you, scarcely you can... believe what they were watching. <laughs> it was history made. I mean, especially, and I called it like French cricket, Alex, because, you know, when you, you can't move your feet, they're sort of parked at the crease, and yeah. you just, the hand-eye coordination is, is off the charts. Yeah, and the fundamentals of his hitting were still spot on. Like he, he had his head still, he was staying down in the shot. Uh, if you were teaching a young kid the basics of hitting, you'd be showing him that, that innings because mm. it was just pure craftsmanship from uh, a, a very, very special player. How did, you, how did your, or how would your wagon wheel stack up to Maxie's? Oh, I'd be probably half <laughs> half as colourful as Maxie. <laughs> uh, just all around the ground, you know. Ground. Yeah. Well, there's not a spot that he doesn't hit off any type of bowler. Uh, there are very few batsmen in world cricket that could say that that was a strength of theirs. Mm. Um, most of us have sort of got our own little way of going about it, but depending on which Glenn Maxwell walks to the crease, you know, it depends on where he wants to hit the ball. Yeah, it's frightening stuff. They rested Mitch Stark last night. Sean Abbott made his World Cup debut. Very happy for Sean Abbott too. But okay, presuming Abbott goes out, Stark comes back in. Obviously, Maxwell needs to come back in. So you'd assume that that one of, I guess, Labuschagne or Stoinis would be the ones to miss out. Uh, if you're a selector, who's the one you have to break the bag news to? Oh, geez, that's a really good question. I think for me, I would be probably saying, unfortunately, Marcus Stoinis would miss out. Mm. I think we've got enough bowling in there now that Mitch Marsh is back bowling as yep. well. I think our, our bowling stacks up really, really well. I think Marnus has done enough to deserve his spot and purely based on his um, weight of runs. But I think if you're going to pick that spot, you've got to pick the best batter. And at the moment, I think Marnus is has got that spot for me. Yeah, look sharp in the field last night too. Yeah, I think you might be right. That seems to be the way a lot of our listeners are leaning today. And You know, especially Marcus's forms have been a little bit up and down sort of with, with, with bat and ball, but I think you're right with Cummins, Hazelwood and and Stark as your three quicks, Marsh with that extra quick and then you can get, you know, 30 overs to spin potentially out of Zampa, Maxwell and Head. You think that'll cover it? Absolutely. I think the spin's probably the, the key there. Now that um, Hetty's back in the team, his bowling's better than part-time. Maxwell, exactly the same. His bowling's better than part-time. They're both going to be really important, and they have been important in the tournament so far. Uh, I think you're probably going to get more overs out of them than potentially you would out of that 
extra pace bowler. Mm. So, yeah, I think Marnus is probably the right call. So they've got the semi-final against South Africa, Eden Gardens, Thursday night. No South Africa, very strong team batting first. So if you win the toss, you'd be tempted to obviously take that away from them and set them a target? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you would. However, the majority of teams have chosen to bowl first because they like to know exactly what they're chasing, um, especially the way the game's played now. If you go out and you're too aggressive, it leaves you, you might lose early wickets and leaves you a little bit short, and then it makes it an easy chase for South Africa. So it's, it's going to be really interesting which, which way they go. But um, also Eden Gardens, I'm not sure about the, the weather, whether that is a wicket which is harder to bat first on, mm. second, or, or what it's like. So there'll be a few decisions to be made. But I think, like you said earlier, Jules, that the beauty of Australia's form at the moment is that they've done it both ways. They've batted first and won and won well, and they've batted second and chased and, and uh, won well that way as well. So um, it's going to be a really exciting game. I think South Africa are a real danger team for the tournament. Yeah, I think so. And the other thing too about Eden Gardens, it's a big ground too, Alex. It's a big mm. playing surface, and that may sort of play into the selectors' hands when it comes to deciding who out of Labuschagne and Stornis should play. I think it would tip the scales in favour of Manus. Uh, just very quickly, before we let you go, uh, India and New Zealand, the other one, can, can you see an upset? And we saw it in 2019. Or, or is there a sense of destiny about India here? Oh, look, I think absolutely you can see an upset. Um, it's going to be... It'll be a real upset for the Indians. Um, but the, they're in just super form. They, If you look down their list, they really don't have any chinks in that. 11, do they? I mean, they've got options mm. all the way down. They've got a, a lot of um, versatility in their, their order. Uh, their bowlers are, are world-class as well. New Zealand's form's been pretty good without being amazing, I think. They've had a few really good games, but uh, you wouldn't say that they're one of the, the most informed teams. So I think if they do if they do manage to get over India, it will be a real upset, but... Geez, the way teams play these days, I think anyone is up for anything, really. Mm. It'll be a hell of an upset, wouldn't it? And it's uh, certainly set the country in mourning, no doubt. But their depth is just frightening, you know. <laughs> that you, don't, you don't even have to, you know, and all of a sudden, we need a quick, let's just pick Shammy, and then he just tears it up. You know, it's it's, it's frightening how good they yeah. are. Um, and very quickly, Matt, of course, we had the retirement announcement this, announcement this week of Meg Lanning. 31, still young, plenty of good cricket ahead of her, but... I guess when you know, you know. And she's been a, a wonderful servant of the game and one of our greatest ever. Yeah, she certainly has. And she is only young at 31, but she has been playing international cricket for a long, long time. Yeah. And that has to take its toll. I think she's, both men's and women's, maybe the third most capped captain too. Um, and that's a, an amazing effort. The, the role of captain these days is probably far more than what it ever has been before with... Um, the likes of media and team selection, all these kinds of things, uh, it pa- places a heavy toll on you, I would say, mentally. So an amazing career. Um, but, Jules, she's still young enough to make a comeback, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, Bob Simpson style. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, well, you're probably still young <laughs> enough to make a comeback too, Alex, while we're on the topic. No way. My body, there's no way my body would let me... Uh, Play another game of cricket. Uh, we're done. All right. We can blow the froth of a couple, have a chat to Danny Buckingham and think of all the random Shield players from the 80s, 90s and beyond. Thank you, mate, for giving up some of your precious time on this Sunday afternoon. Not a problem at all. Good to chat.